0: In my pl-
1: it's in my plans. Trying to get my arm dry. Just a side note, if you're always hot in here, I recommend just like dunking your sleeve about this far into water and it's like your personal air conditioner for the rest of the service. You ready? Uh, it's a little awkward, but it's like keeping me cool. Well, I'm excited to be with you this morning and even more excited about what God is doing in our church family. You know, we're uh we're coming off of a 21-day uh prayer time and fasting. If you're a guest with us, we started the year uh with just 21 days of prayer and fasting and and today is our 21st day. And I just feel like the Lord has been speaking and stirring and uh, refocusing, and for those of you who have participated, I pray that it's been so rich for you. It's been so so life-giving for me personally. Uh, so I just want to jump right in, and I want to share some things that God uh, has dropped in my heart just for our church, and I want to cast a little bit of vision uh, this morning, and I'm hoping that your hearts are just sparked by the same passion and desire and hunger that Jesus has been uh, stirring in me. And so I want to start by sharing, sharing a vision that I had so many years ago. You know, we believe that, that God is always speaking to us and he'll speak in all kinds of ways. And sometimes I just see pictures. And, um, and so right before John and I became the pastors, that's been a long time ago. This vision's old, Uh, the Lord shared this vision to me, and he's he shown it to me two other times. I've shared it multiple times if you've ever heard me speak, but I felt really strongly to share it again. And it's a, it's a vision that we refer to as circles, lines, and tents. And uh, I was actually just like praying when this came to me the first time, and I, I, saw, just, I saw John and I, Pastor John and I, just standing on this hill, and looking out over, like, a valley. And I want you to, like, put, you know, if you're going to try to imagine this with me, go ahead and, like, use, uh, like, a Lord of the Rings filter or something. You know, like that, the dramatic filter on your iPhone. Like, that's what you want to think. You want to think, like, it it feels like it should have good movie music or something. And so we're standing on this hill looking down in the valley, and there's all these people, and there's a huge fire burning in front. And all of the people would come together into lines. Pastor John or I would speak and everyone would come into lines. And then, then all the people would break and they would move into circle patterns. And there would be fires in the middle of the circles all over this like campground. And then they would go from circles and then I could just see tents everywhere, all over the edges, and you could see the top of the tents of fires burning inside the tent. And I I just watched this over and over and over. It was people coming together in the lines, People going into the circles, people going into the tents, people coming into the lines, people going into their circles, people going into their tents. And then as I began to watch, I would see people in their circles beginning to bring someone out of this dark place into their circle around the fire. And then that person would suddenly be a part of the line and then they would go to their own tent. And it was just like this thing that was multiplying. And I saw this just over and over and over And I share this so often because I believe that it's a model and a picture of what Jesus wants us to look like as Living Way Church. All right, so uh, think about it this way. It's a model for gathering, so it would be like the lines are like Sunday morning. Do you see? We're all in lines here. And then the circles would be like small groups. It would be like our home groups, our Wednesday nights our men's breakfast, our women's meetings. Anytime you're gathering with just a small group of people together, it's it's a circle. And then your tent would be your home. All right? And so what I really want you to notice, though, is that there is a fire burning in the middle of each of those places. And I think that that is significant, Because the fire represents the presence of God in our lives. If you think about this in the Bible, it's true, all right? Like, so think about the burning bush of Moses. We've been there just recently on on Sunday mornings. It was the presence of God. If you think about the, the pillar of fire that led the Israelites, if you think about fire from heaven coming down and consuming the sacrifice, if you think about the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit is released and there are tongues of fire upon each of their heads, the symbol of fire would represent the Lord's presence and that presence is supposed to be burning bright not only here but outside of these four walls so so we must learn to develop A culture that houses and honors the presence of God well. Not just here. This is easy. But in our homes. What does it look like to have the presence of God honored and fully welcome in your home? And if we're going to cultivate this culture in our circles, in our tents, anytime we're gathering or anytime we're behind closed doors, we have to first cultivate it in our hearts. And I believe, I, I just really sense that the Lord is up to something in the church, the big C church, not just Living Way Church, but the church, all of his people. There seems to be a call for believers to just return to the basics, to Return to their first love to return to the simplicity of just loving Jesus and loving others to return to prayer To return to holiness To return to the word of God As our authority to return to authentic undiluted gospel See God has a desire for his people to live for him Not just attend church and keep it together for a couple hours a week. That's not the gospel. So how do we even do this? How do we see our lives and our homes become a place of peace? A place where the fire dwells and is welcome. Is that even possible? Yes, it is. In case you're not aware, it should be absolutely normal for your home to be a place of peace. That is normal. That should be normal for the church. That should be normal for the believers. To go home and have your home be a place of peace where Jesus is welcome, where he's honored in everything you do and say. In that place. Now, that's the harder place to steward it, right? It's super easy to come and just enjoy the presence of God here in your line. You just look great, all of you, and it's, it's easy to just keep it together. But what does it look like to live healthy in our tent with the fire of God burning, with him being welcome in the way we love, in the way we speak to one another, in our homes, in what's happening in our homes? What does it look like? Well, let's work on our heart. So I'm just going to give you like three really simple things. You know, if you've been a believer for a long time, you're going to be like... Thank you, Ashley, for nothing new today. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Word of God is living and active, so it doesn't matter. Like, you just keep reading it, and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. I just need to stay connected to Jesus. Thank you for that reminder. Um, so so I, I'm just going to, like, say, here, here's a few things that are going to help us cultivate this heart that, that is so aware of the presence of God. And the first thing is just to surrender and stay connected, we have to live surrendered to the Lord. He is the Lord of your life. I don't know if you're aware of this, but when you, when you get saved, you're not just saying, Jesus, come and forgive me of my sins. Absolutely, we want to do that. But you are declaring, you are the Lord of my life. That means you are turning over your rights and submitting those to Jesus saying, you're the Lord. What you say goes you are now in charge not me And so sometimes we just got to remind ourselves and surrender that that will of ours again You know, but if you're a believer in jesus, that's what you have done is you have come under the lordship of jesus And I want to read a passage to you from john 15 Not only do you have to surrender but you have to stay connected listen to this this is the words of jesus I am the true grapevine. This is John 15, starting in verse 1. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted." You can just keep reading that. Oh, it's so good. Just keeps going. It talks about how he's loved us, how he's chosen us, how we get to remain in his love, that our joy will be made full. Oh man, the whole whole chapter is good. Go home and read it. Mark it right now. Just like go home and read that today. But here's the thing. If you've ever read it in a different translation, it will say abide in me. My, my translation that I'm reading from is saying remain. And this this started stirring in me actually last fall. If you went to our women's retreat, you know that. Uh, but, but I feel like this is a good word for the church. Uh, on the first Wednesday night of the year, we usually try to have a time of prayer together. And this word came up a lot of times and it caught my attention because, you know, when you hear it once, you're like, oh, that's cool. When you hear it like three or four times, you're like, whoa, God might be saying something. And this idea of abiding is really going to be the secret of staying connected to jesus and allowing his presence to burn in all of its fullness in every area of our life we have to remain in him we are called to abide the definition of abide means to remain stable or fixed in a state to remain to stay to dwell or reside to endure without yielding And so if we apply that to our hearts and our lives and our relationship with Jesus, what we are called to do is we are called to dwell in the presence of God. We are called to stay there. We are called to be fixed in a state of relationship with Jesus, where we are focused on him, where we are listening for him, where we are in his word. There are all these things. How do we stay connected? You pray, read the word. Do it outside of these walls. If you're going to stay connected, this should be something that's happening in your life every single day. We're called to pray without ceasing. We're called to abide. And I love that it's, it's like two-way because Jesus is not just saying, hey, you, you just abide in me. It's all you. You come all the time. He says, when you remain in me and I remain in you. You remain in me and my word remains in you. See, there's this beautiful thing that happens is Jesus is like, I'm abiding in you. He hasn't gone anywhere. He is with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. If you are a believer in Jesus, Holy Spirit resides in you. He is abiding in you. And so then we get this beautiful invitation to intentionally put our focus in our life where we are abiding in him. So you have to surrender. You have to stay connected. And then you have to allow God to change the way you think. Man, if you're struggling with trying to serve the Lord... Beyond just a church service, allow him to come and change the way you think. We have to live with a mind that is renewed. If you want to turn to Romans 12, I love this passage. I'm going to read Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, we're called to to bring our bodies as a living sacrifice to say, God, everything I have is you. And you know what a big part of your body is? Your brain. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we think all I am is yours, but we got this thing up here that's just so controlling. Man, have you ever noticed that? I'm like, get on board, brain. Come on. See, we have to submit ourselves to the Lord to say, come and renew my mind. We can no longer copy the behaviors and the customs of our world and our culture, but we allow God to come and change the way we think. Because we're not just going to naturally think to abide in Jesus every day. We don't think about those things because we have a million other things bombarding our lives and our minds all the time. It never ceases. It never stops. But if I come before the Lord, if I stay connected with him, if I'm in his word, if I am praying, if I am giving him my attention, I I notice he begins to change the way I think. When I live fully surrendered and connected to him, you allow him to change your thoughts, to renew your mind. He will do it. He will do it. And the third thing is allow Holy Spirit to guide your life. See, I told you these things are so basic. Listen to this. Go over to Galatians 5. A few chapters over from where you are right now. You know, if you want to know how, you're, how to live in a way that honors God and pleases him, read the word of God. It, it's not, you don't have to like go find the perfect sermon. You don't have to like just open the word of God. Read all of Paul's letters. He has all kinds of things to say about the way we live. Read the story of Jesus and then just read through the New Testament. If you have a question on what it looks like to live for Jesus, start in his word. I'm going to start in verse 16 of Galatians 5. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. Do you ever feel this tension? And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That's what it looks like. There's a very real tension inside of each of us. So it's it's like where it's where the movies get the little devil and the little angel, you know, it's it's the it's the sinful nature craves. The world. But your spirit nature is giving you different desires and there's this clash. But when you yield to the Holy Spirit and you allow him to guide your life, you live by his power. So what does that look like? It means that you should be changing. The gospel is transformative in its very nature all the time. It never stops. It's not one and done. It is a lifelong laid down transformation. You should begin to see the fruit of the Spirit growing in your life. Man, if you gave your heart to Jesus 20 years ago, I hope you're more kind than you were then. I hope you're more patient and gentle. That's what our lives should look like. Man, some of you have known me a long time, right? The fruit of the Spirit is way better now. I'm sorry for the time when I became your pastor when I was 21. Maybe I should just publicly apologize to some of you. That passionate little know-it-all, she's changed a little bit. Because when we're surrendered to the Holy Spirit, when we're abiding, Jesus is just working. Have you ever just looked at yourself and you think, that would have bothered me last year? Have you ever just, do you ever just think of like, oh my gosh, where have I come from? How did that happen? It's the work of the Holy Spirit. When we are submitted to him, when we're choosing him, he is just working on our hearts. So if we strip it all down today, essentially, this is what I'm saying. Live for God, not just yourself. All the time. That's the message. Live for God, not just yourself. All the time. We live in a culture that is yelling at us to live for ourselves. Everywhere. Everywhere it is shouting at us. Do more. Be more, have more, get more. If it feels good, do it. If it feels bad, avoid it. More, 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 right? And, and we just live where this is just pounding us all the time, where we just think, yeah, I want fame. I want fortune. I want influence. Like we have this whole thing of influencers right now because it's the craving of to live for myself. To live for my own glory. we got to stop that. The church has to look different. The church cannot join in and live for ourselves. For our own glory. To build our own kingdom. That is not what we're here for. We are here to give Jesus the glory. To build his kingdom. And release it everywhere. And if we never get accolade for it. It's okay. Because he gets it it's for him. My whole life is for him. And I want to do that in a gentle way, in a loving way, in a kind way. And that means we got to be connected to the Holy Spirit or we can become Pharisees. And then, oh, that's ugly too got to live connected to jesus connected to his heart see when i have his heart then when i look at people i'm full of compassion for them not judgment when i look at people my heart can break instead of my face just scorn and we don't have to be perfect that's not what I'm saying. God, God has never required perfection from any of his children. If you read the Bible, you'll find that out. <laughs> he uses a lot of imperfect people. So, so the goal isn't perfection here. The goal is connection. The goal is to be connected to him and being transformed. So we don't have to be perfect, but we should be changing and growing. We should be seeing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives in more abundance. We were never called to just manage our darkness. See, if you turn your life over to the Lord and you're like, yes, I am saved, I am going to heaven, and then you're never connected for him, to, to him for the rest of your life, what you will do is you'll just manage your darkness. If you are not being transformed, if you are not seeing change in your life, I'm going to say that's the place that you're living in. We weren't called to that. We weren't called to just get by. We weren't called to just think about God on Sunday morning or when it gets especially bad. We aren't called to live for the pleasure of this world during the whole week and then come and repent on Sunday on repeat for the rest of our lives until we die. That's not Christianity doesn't mean that we don't mess up. It doesn't mean that I still don't repent a lot for a lot of things, but it is a mindset. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like when, if you go back to that scripture, if you're just wildly living, giving yourself over to drunkenness and arguments and envy and jealousy and addiction and doing whatever you want every day of the week. And then you come to church on Sunday and just pour it all out and say, oh God, I'm so sorry. Uh, and, and he will forgive you. And you feel like, oh, man, that was so good. And then you go home, and by that evening, you're just doing it all again. That's not transformation in your life. That's not what Jesus is calling us to. Now, listen, he is happy that you're going to come and repent, and he will forgive and forgive and forgive because he is amazingly good like that. But that's not what you were made for. That's what I'm saying. So, listen, I'm I'm not throwing shade I'm just saying, that's not what you were made for. As a child of God, you were made for so much more. You were made to abide. You were made to remain connected to Jesus as your life source. And when you remain connected, when your affection, your attention, and your devotion are to God alone, that's when our transformation happens. But you have to choose it. You have to choose it. I can only abide for me. I can't choose it for my children. I can't choose it for my husband. I can't choose it for you. You have to decide, I'm going to live this life. I'm going to live a laid down life before Jesus and love him with everything I have. I'm going to give him everything. Yesterday, as I was finishing up some of my notes, I kept coming back to this thought in Scripture, and I want to share it with you. It's in Joshua 24. I'll give you a little backstory in case you're not familiar with the story. Joshua is uh, this incredible leader of Israel who followed Moses. If you've been with us the last few weeks, Pastor John's been preaching through Exodus and the story of Moses. Moses is a leader who leads all of God's people into freedom, into the promised land and out of slavery. And Joshua is the next dude after him. And they have taken the promised land And this is at the end of Joshua's life. And the Lord is ready to just renew his covenant with his people. And so Joshua stands up before the people and he tells them, this is everything God has done for us. He, He did this. He did this. He did this. He drove out the people. He rescued us from slavery. And he's just kind of going through all of it. And towards the end of his speech in verse 14, it says, So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols that your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods that your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites? That's the land whose land you live now. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people go on to say, oh, we would never abandon our God. We're going to serve him. And Joshua's like, are you sure? See, Joshua is saying, you have a choice here. Choose today whom you will serve. Are you going to serve your slavery, the God of Egypt, and all of that from your past life? Or are you going to go ahead and just serve the God of our enemies in this land now? Because idolatry was a huge thing. They had all these gods. And Joshua says, but as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. And you know, sometimes we don't understand all this polytheistic stuff, like where there's all these gods of everything, but our culture's not much different. There's gods everywhere that are taking our affection, that are taking our devotion, that are taking our attention. And today, there's a decision to be made. I felt this really strong. Choose this day whom you will serve. We're going to watch a video and then I'm going to come back. Yeah. ask you today. Who are you going to serve? It's a choice. You're not just going to accidentally choose to serve the Lord. Abiding is a choice. Staying connected to Jesus is a choice. Choosing him over everything the world has to offer is a choice. And I felt so strongly that today for our homes, for our tents, that we need to make a decision to say, whom are you going to serve? We can do this. Not perfectly, but with our hearts towards Jesus. Your family needs it. Your marriage needs it. Our city needs it. I believe that the Lord is calling us. To live in this place, abiding, choosing him over everything else. We are called to have the presence of God burning in our homes. Not just in our church building. We're called to host it there. So I want you to stand this morning. And I want to give you just a second, because if, if the Lord is working on you, and if, if you need to, like, make something right with him, with your spouse, with your kids, do it. Do it. Fear the Lord. And serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols of your ancestors. And serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then. Choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your past? Or will it be the gods of the current culture? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Draw the line in the sand today. I'm going to pray and I'm going to give you a second to respond how you need to respond. But I want you to see yourself standing and making, drawing the line in, in the sand saying, "As for me in my house. We will serve the Lord. And all that that means, all of this stuff, right? I'm not preaching this message to say, decide this and then it's all happily ever after and you're never going to suffer. That's not the gospel either. But today, choose today. Whom will you serve? Lord, do something in our hearts. Father, we, were, we, we just repent for the times that we, we've just lived for ourselves. And I pray, Lord, that there would be a beautiful returning this morning where we decide to just live for you and not ourselves all the time. Let your gospel come alive in us in a fresh way. Stir our hearts, God. Deepen our hunger. We want to be people who just live where it's just like, I must have you. We want to be people who just steward the presence of God so well in our life. Not perfectly, not a, not a perfect life, but healthy, open, and connected to you. Lord, in the places of our hearts where we have worshipped other things, Maybe not like bow down worship singing, but where we have elevated things above you. We repent. We say, no, God, we, we, we don't want to serve the gods of our culture. Of this world. We don't want to serve the gods of our past today, Lord. We choose to serve you. We choose it in our lines here, but we're going to choose it in our tents. And so, God, as for me in this house, today we say we will serve the Lord. We will not give our hearts to another. We will only serve you, Lord. Lord. So take your rightful place as Lord in our lives as we just remind ourselves to surrender, as we stay connected, as we allow you to change the way we think and as we allow Holy Spirit to guide our lives. We choose you. And all together, if you're choosing that, will you just say, we choose you? Amen. Amen. Amen.